0: Now we can talk about Bond. It's it's called a ghetto blaster. <laughs> <laughs> Is that offensive or not? I don't know if that's, <laughs> if I should be offended by that joke or if it's just funny. I think it's just funny, but I worry that I'm maybe I'm a little uh, a little insensitive. I love that.
1: I think I think in a, in its in the context of the movie, I think it's okay.
0: I think we are largely in agreement on this movie. I, I liked it a lot. Liked this movie. Liked it, it a lot. I'll tell you what's different about this than the last time I watched it. I think I've only seen this movie twice in recent history. Once two years ago when I was going through all the Bond movies and then two days ago. Um, when I watched it two years ago, I remember specifically that I watched it late at night and I found myself falling asleep toward the end. And I stuck through it um, <laughs> I don't think I have ever fallen asleep in front of my television. Uh, just like watching something that I thought to to do. I, I, that doesn't happen to me. And if I'm watching a movie, sometimes I will turn a movie off or pause it and just go to bed. But seldom. I almost always, even no matter how tired I am, I'll just watch it through to the end. I really, I think I was left with a bad taste in my mouth two years ago from the ending. I was just falling asleep. And I don't think the ending is all that good. But watching it again in the morning the other day, I really enjoyed the whole movie. I thought so, this yeah. was really good.
1: I- I mean, I've heard other people say that about the ending. What is it the, about the ending that you think was... We're, we're, by the way, let's just be clear about this. We're talking about The Living Daylights. The Living Daylights. Timothy's uh, first... Timothy Dalton. Dalton, his first Bond movie.
0: No, yeah, And I, 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 I will also say, without I think it's without question, the best Bond movie that John Glenn ever directed.
1: Yes. Now, what was it about the ending that you didn't that didn't sit right with you the I time. I
0: really thought that once they got to Afghanistan, it, it just got too cockamamie. And it really, you know, this started coming down to some really preposterous stunt sequences.
1: Which, which is preposterous, the fact that he chucked a little bit of plastic explosive out of a plane
0: and blew up the bridge, that? <sighs> that was pretty bad. How about the way that the Jeep got out of the crashing airplane? Yeah, that was pretty bad too. I mean, the whole fight on the airfield just seemed to incoherent. take forever. It seemed to take forever, and it you, took forever. It was a long time, and there was no sense of who is where. You know, which guys are coming from which side. It was un. It also seemed relatively unnecessary. It was just fifteen minutes of uh, Afghan guys on horses shooting machine guns, and I guess Russians army guys shooting machine guns, and, and it seemed like the the um, and Bond spent the whole time just taxiing around in a big airplane.
1: Yeah, the right? whole time. Like, You're like, how, how ineffective is right. it? Why
0: is and he taking so long? 15 minutes of the hero of the movie just sitting there in looking a cockpit of a plane by the himself, cockpit. sort of waiting, waiting, waiting to get a shot at the runway. It just was, it just I don't know. The, the ending falls apart, It does. really think. Okay, I agree with you on that. So the, let's just start
1: at the beginning. Is this the, is this the first time that we've seen other 00 agents without a clown disguise on? I mean, it, we see them in the beginning.
0: Well, there's the one. It's in Thunderball. You see all of them, but you only don't see their faces. Remember, right. there's the big meeting where oh, all right. of them come up and they're sitting in order. There's is there nine of them or ten of them? I, I forget. But uh, but there's like ten seats or nine seats, and they're and uh, Bond shows up and they're all there because it's all the entire Double O line has been. You know, Thunderball is like the biggest mission ever. They they've got them. Every single guy is on it. Right. I see. I think i
1: part of this is confused a little because of the Perry the Platypus and what they do with Phineas and Ferb, where they, you always see the other agents. So it's some well, messed up in my head.
0: Is the curly haired guy? Is he a double O? The guy Bond is working with on the defection?
1: No, no, I don't. No. Th- well, he's
0: in the British Secret Service, but he's not a double O.
1: Right, because the way that, that he and Bond, like you, my my feeling is that every one of the double O's, these guys are cool. These are the best of the best. They're they're really cool. He the rapport that they had wasn't yeah. wasn't good. I mean, he, clearly there was tension there. He didn't wasn't like the guy. Respectful. He wasn't yeah. respectful at
0: all. I you know what though? Here's the thing though. I hate the opening. Opening the real opening. I think is really pretty weak. Where there's this training mission where the three double O's are going to try to yeah. fake a break into yeah. a nuclear installation in Gibraltar, and there happens to be. Uh, Guy working for uh, I guess old I guess we ultimately find out he's working for that Whitaker and the yeah. and the Russian guy. But he's already there, he's already broken in somehow. And what I mean, was he did he know that the double O's were coming? Or did yeah. he just happen to pick the wrong? No, babe? he he knew. He knew somehow. Yeah. And how did he know? It doesn't I, make how, any sense. It doesn't make any sense because they never imply later in the movie that there's any kind of mole in in the British secret intelligence. That would have let them know. I guess the idea is that he's there to kill as many of those double O's, as many of those three double O's as he can, just to get this plot started, where they want to make them think that uh, Pushkin right. is is started a war against spies. But it makes no sense. It really makes it, it's in its weak. I think it's weak sauce.
1: It was weak writing.
0: It was right. a weak scenario. I do. It, it does kind of end well. It does. It was a weak scenario, but it ends well where where I thought it was a pretty good Bondian gag where there's the, the girl on the yacht and yeah. she says, I, there's no good men here. Okay, I There's no I, real oh, men. No real men. And then he lands on the roof and then she says, won't you join me? And he, instead of saying he's going to give a report on what just happened in an hour, he goes, better make it two. two. I thought that was pretty good.
1: Well, You know, but there's a lot – and I actually had some notes about that particular scene, the ending of this whole setup uh just the little touches here that that show such a significant difference now we have to be clear this is not a reboot of the bond franchise this is a continuation it's
0: like a half reboot though
1: yeah it's kind of a but but you've still got the same guys you still got q he's the same but but that little flip off the canvas roof, roof on the boat where he's he just flips over, you know, casually flipping down like you would off the side of, uh, you know, if, if you're doing a trampoline thing, or you just sort of flip off it. This is this demonstrates that this is a modern Bond. He's he's younger, he's athletic, right. you know, right. and it's such a serious contrast with right. with Daltrey as the new Bond. It's like he here's this here's this guy, and in that sense, it's very much a reboot. Whereas as you've pointed out <laughs> many times, you go from Connery to i mean eventually we find ourselves with with more who's much older now right. it's it, not like daltry's like a kid but you feel like this is a it's modern day bond. you're
0: thinking of roger daltry from the who oh of, yeah he wasn't in who this? was never in a james bond movie dalton dalton timothy dalton although it would be fun to see roger that'd be cool
1: he'd be an awesome like if you did it he has short hair now but imagine back then what an improvement over Moore, though. It makes you feel like Moore was just holding things back. It's like a relief. This is like a well, relief.
0: It's also a better movie, though. It's a better movie than his last two, right? A View to a Kill, a but lot you of could
1: re- could you imagine Moore in this movie? Same yeah. movie, same writing, everything. Could you, yeah. He could
0: never have pulled it off. Right. It wasn't just recast to be younger, and it's you know, and and you. you yeah, it's just a different attitude. I don't know. I really, Timothy, and Timothy Dalton, he's great. Dalton he, was man.
1: great. I have memories of Dalton like he, I didn't like him. Like for some reason in my mind, I didn't like him. I think if you were to go back to the first time we talked about this, I think I even said I was not a fan of his. I'm a total fan of his This Bond now. Dalton is, yeah. is up in, in my top two now.
0: Yeah, and I really like – I think it's one of the best scenes in the whole history of the series is the defection scene. It's a great scene. Right there's so much conflict. Right where you've got an exotic location, you're in Czechoslovakia. Yep. Czech, you got exotic you've got, location. You've got the um, uh, the orchestra. Yep, playing. Uh, you've got Bond working with another agent who they obviously don't get along well. Right, this Lift guy doesn't tension. hold him. Right, there's tension between the two guys. Uh, you've got Bond on it. Uh, his job to be there is to be a sniper. Like a, a sniper sniper. He's supposed to snipe the other guy's sniper, but he doesn't even know where that sniper is. Right. Right? And he, you could tell he doesn't like it. He doesn't, he, he you know, I thought it was, and it's, it It was a very good portrayal of tension.
1: And the fact that Bond actually had, had, has the whole escape plan, it's already mapped out. It's already planned out. He's got everything. He's got the babushka lady ready to go. He's got everything set up. Right. And this guy, he just doesn't even bother to tell the guy, dude, don't worry, I got this. He doesn't even tell him. He just let. he's just – He's this guy, this other agent is just right. merely – even though they're on the same side, that guy's merely just one little cog in Bond's overall plan, which is already in motion. And this right. guy doesn't even realize that these machinations are happening around him and that he's merely a pawn in it. And he right. doesn't – he realizes it when they see the uh, vertical takeoff and landing uh, jet at that point, and he looks over at Bond, Bond's kind of like, yeah, I set this up. It's so far beyond this guy's pay grade. He doesn't even know what to think of it. You know? I love that.
0: Uh, I like the line. I thought it was character defining. I thought this is, this is good movie making. This is the heart of good movie making is when he decides not to kill the blonde girl, Kara with the, the gun and instead shoots the gun out of her hand. Right. Uh, and the guy is mad cuz the other guy knows knows Bond knows his reputation and thinks that the only reason he didn't kill her is because she's a hot blonde woman. Uh, and he says, I only kill professionals. Right. Right? And that is sort of character defining that yes, I kill people, but I only kill other professionals. I don't kill people who aren't in the you know, the racket of killing right. people. I don't kill civilians essentially. I don't think that's ever I think it's always been part of the Bond character and I know from reading the novels it was definitely part of Ian Fleming's bond that he was you know, never felt guilt or remorse about killing guys who were obviously killing, but when any anytime he was you know, he he did not like killing people who weren't themselves killers. Right? That that he saw a clear clear line in the sand that if you're you know, once you cross that line then you're fair game. And otherwise, you know, he he had like a moral like the way that that anybody who's not a psychopath does, you know, has a, a moral uh, reluctance to, to hurt people who, who aren't in it. Right. And I, but I don't think it was ever spelled out before. And I felt it was spelled out here and I thought it was, it was, it was it character was, funny. Yeah, it was good. And it was also helps because this is clearly a, a, a more serious Bond than I've ever seen before. Oh yeah. Right? It's definitely the first uh, is the most serious Bond and you know, I think the only guy you can compare him to is the, the new rebooted right. Daniel Craig Bond. Yeah, I,
1: I see much, much more in common between those two bonds, and having again having this sort of uh, this this deficit of this not really remembering this movie and seeing the newer movies. Now, when I recall the newer movie, I actually feel like okay, this connects with 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 uh, this Bond more than
0: ever. All right. New so, money. There's a new money penny.
1: New Money Penny. I have notes about that. Before we get there, I just want to mention you kind of touched on. It. There's some good chases in this. There's it, it, this isn't about saving the world. This is Bond as a, you know, as as a much more sort of serious Bond. Uh, they have the exotic locations. It, it's it's all the things that we like. I think you and I like about the Bond movies. And fortunately, we didn't have a. You know, I I mean, I guess you could say that there was a potential like. World War implication if things right. didn't go right, uh, uh, but...
0: outbreak of the Cold War, re-outbreak. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't like missiles ready to launch.
1: Right, fortunately I'm just, I'm so glad because you know, we. How many times do we need that? It makes now, for a better story. Was this a, was this a different aspect ratio? This movie was it like two and a quarter to one or something? It seemed more widescreen to me.
0: I didn't take notice. Might have been. I don't know.
1: Koskov is a guy from The Fugitive. Felix Leiter is a Christian Shepherd from Lost. Right,
0: right, from Lost. It's great
1: to see him back again.
0: Wait, who is Koskov?
1: Koskov is the Russian.
0: Oh well, who is he in the fugitive? The the bad, he Ford was the Ford?
1: bad guy in the, the the guy that set that actually had set Harrison Ford up.
0: Oh, he yeah, was in yeah. yeah.
1: cahoots with the. Uh, and you know who Pushkin was? Well, of course you know who Pushkin was. Pushkin is uh, what's his name from Indiana Jones? Sala, Sala. Right, it's great. Uh, now, who do you like him better as, is this Pushkin or Saul? Sala.
0: Salah, I me mean, too. Salah in Raiders, not Salah. No. The third one, oh. Salah in the third one is a, a goof. So what Sala about Salah in Raiders? Is great. He's great as Pushkin though too. Yeah, he was good, yeah. believable. Yeah, very I love, cool. I love what he put his uh, Gumar through. Yeah, that was great.
1: Yeah. He doesn't care really. He doesn't care about her. Yeah, let
0: her cry. Man, that Aston Martin's a sweet call. Oh, finally. Really
1: good car. You just, there's Uh, such a great car. Nothing you can say bad about that thing. Uh, Now, did did Roger Moore or previous Bond smoke cigarettes? I can't recall.
0: I believe Connery smoked a few cigarettes in his movies. And I think the earlier, the more likely. Uh, Not many. Now, in the novels, Bond is, and it's one of those ways where Bond is sort of, you know, not even vaguely, Supposed to think otherwise, Ian Fleming's alter ego. Yeah, in the novels, he's a chain smoker. I mean, he smokes <sighs> a ton of cigarettes. And and Ian Fleming was, uh, you know, f- famous. You know, I don't know, uh, twenty packs a day smoker. <sighs> what do you think of the new Money Penny? She's great. Well, I don't know if she's great. I guess she's, I can't say she's great because I I can't say I really remembered what she looked like. She but, was sort yeah. of
1: blonde and yeah. So I don't know. She was a little like there was something about the old money penny, especially in the early days, where she was a, she was attractive, but she wasn't like hot, you know. Yeah. And this new one, I'm not sure about.
0: Here's the problem. I think they run into some of the James Bond movies is, and, and it gets back to. I used to think about this when I was a teenager and I played Dungeons and Dragons. Is not to to super nerd out here, but. In Dungeons and Dragons, you'd get these six character statistics. You'd roll dice and get them. So your character has strength of a certain number and intelligence. And well, the problem for me Correct. was the intelligence and the wisdom ones. <clears throat> because let's say you're playing and one of your friends is a bit of a dim bulb in real life, and he rolls and gets a character with an eighteen, 18. intelligence. <laughs> well, how is that possible that a, a character smarter than that real guy right that the player can how can a player even possibly play a character with an intelligence that's smarter than his because right, you right? could
1: imagine having an 18 dexterity and being able to like spin you know right a, a, you can a, you, maybe knife you up on do some.
0: you can something. say to the, the guy I'm gonna run down there and and you know make this amazing sliding jump through this thing that's closing <laughs> uh, you know, like a door closing, like Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and, and the dungeon master will say, well, make a role against your dexterity and, and you're likely to hit it because your guy's got it, but you can't, intelligence is different. And I think it often comes up in acting where how can an actor play somebody who's smarter than them? And maybe if you're a great actor, you can pull it off. But I feel like with some of the bond girls and a perfect example is the last movie The View to a kill where you've got that, that woman who was supposed to be a, a scientist of some sort. <laughs> right. and, and it just was so implausible. Yeah. Whereas the new money penny to me very much comes across as the competent, utterly competent, you know, like can manage 50 details at once and doesn't drop a ball uh, and can be trusted with unbelievably sensitive state secrets by managing all of M's, you know, uh, affairs that she's supposed to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, I, I, you know, she's not super memorable, but I don't think I don't know how many movies she was in. Maybe I mean, for all I know, she's in all the movies with uh, I can't Pierce remember. Brosnan too. No, no. I don't remember, but so I guess she's not as good as the original Money Penny because the original one is so memorable. Yeah, like everybody, when you think Money Penny, you yeah, that's what you a, think of. But I do think it was a good job. I think they cast somebody who conveys competence. Okay, competence and trustworthiness.
1: I've got a question for you. Yeah, why would you have a parrot in your chef's kitchen? Do you want you want the person preparing your food to have a bird crapping in there?
0: That is that idiot John Glenn. That's gotta be him, the the dummy director. Yeah. Just, what just was so the
1: parrot could, therefore I don't want a parrot so crapping away, in, in my kitchen? So he
0: could cut away to the parrot and, and you you know, in the middle of this action scene and you think it's you think it's uh, you could, you know. Stupid. Yeah. It's the worst.
1: I almost stopped watching.
0: Yeah. Jonas sick, was watching, sick of these. Jonas birds. was watching with me, and he said, uh, "He said that parrot's going to be able to tell them everything that went on." Yeah, you know, that's what I was thinking too. Because he goes, "You know, parrots can talk," uh, and I feel like that's who you know that's who this was targeted at. This is targeted at like seven year olds or something. I don't know. Stupid. It's Whose house was that, by the way? Was it M's estate or was it the defense minister? It was.
1: Yeah, it was the defense. I don't. I didn't get the sense it was personally owned as much as it was maybe like a. Retreat house for them to meet. Ever at? since
0: they recast M with this new guy, I I cannot tell him apart from the defense minister. <laughs> I <can't> Those either. <laughs> two guys look so much alike. You know, fifty <laughs> fifty eight years old, British and bald, and I with know. a bit of a punch. I mean, well, who in the and world wearing would, a business suit? Who are right. they? How do you tell apart? I mean, who the hell would would do a casting like that? Terrible. Except Explore- well, that, that M was, it was. Yeah, that M has no no piss and vinegar to him. You and know, talk,
1: talk about the the. Well, this is just the weakest thing. You know, you're talking about this estate, and the Russian dude shows up, uh, Dolph Lundgren Jr., whoever he is. Yeah.
0: And he, what, what's his weapon? He's chucking bottles of milk around that explode. How about, no, how about when he's choking people? And every time he chokes somebody with his Walkman headphones, it's the same song on the Walkman. <laughs> it's so bad. This guy was such a dork.
1: Not threatening.
0: Yeah, that guy
1: was. Not threatening.
0: Yeah, I, th- I actually think that was and I, that was a weak spot in the movie. Very. I feel like his his breaking the guy out of that estate was pretty weak, very
1: weak. And then like, and then he's and then whether it's the minister, defense minister, or M. I can tell, but one of them says we're the laughing stock of the intelligence community, right? Whichever one said that. I have a meeting with the prime minister
0: now. Yeah, I don't so. even know who said it. I know <laughs> the line, but it's, I can't tell the two guys apart. It doesn't matter. I don't think anymore. Right? What about the 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 with the way that chase scene when he was trying to get her out of Czechoslovakia into um, Austria and, and they end up sliding down the hill in the cello case. That's so stupid. I, I do think it's stupid. It I was really just do. stupid. It was yeah. just stupid. And, like- it, and it fundamentally gets right back to the whole, you know, they, they throw the dart at the bunch of things at the thing and it comes up a uh, uh, ski chase again. Yeah. Even though they weren't on skis, I still think it counts as a ski chase. I didn't like it. It was very disappointing. Bit of a weird casting thing there, where Joe Don Baker plays Whitaker, the American arms dealer. Yeah. And then within a a movie or two, he's back in, and now he's... I don't know if he plays Felix Leiter or if he's got a new name, but I know he's the CIA guy. In the Pierce Brosnan movies, I think he might be Felix Leiter, but if he's not called Felix Leiter, he's... He's the American uh, CIA guy, and it's only like two movies later. Just like with uh, when they had that uh, the guy who who ended up being Blofeld and Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> he's two movies before. He's yeah. the British guy, and uh...
1: they find someone they like. They just want to keep keep running with them. Yeah, but it was you got to be honest with me. We talked about uh, Never Say Never, and look at look at this Q. Q comes back. And the cue is cute, you know. Now pay attention, 007. It's yeah. the it's same, you know, it's this is the real cue. It, feel, it makes you feel like the other one is just a, an imposter. That yeah. goofy guy with well, the cocktail. It just
0: makes accent. you wish that uh, Connery had done one more with with the real crew, you know. Just shows how important casting is. Casting, casting, casting. It's everything in a
1: movie. Did you notice that everything is prominently made by Phillips in this movie? I the little I key did fob, notice. the radio, in the Aston that. Martin.
0: A, lot, a couple of, and a bunch of Carlsbad. Uh, yeah beer i think it's carl's bad beer right yeah uh yeah a lot of phillips a lot of phillips promotional stuff
1: maybe were they like a newer company stepping out at
0: this time <laughs> i don't know i just guess they paid the money to get the product placement i have a note here one hour in at the 100 mark it's still really good yeah
1: very good at Vienna. i
0: like the thing in vienna i love the little gag i love the way he got her out of the watch department by having her go into the phone booth yeah. wait for a trolley to come by uh and as soon as you do, you know, put your coat and hat on your thing and run down right. my, my car. Loved it. That's, that's the sort of spy stuff I like. And then the guy is like waiting for a while. The guy waits for like 20 minutes. I was like, what the hell's going on in there? And they're gone. <laughs> Loved it. That's great. I thought James Bond, I thought he dressed well throughout.
1: Yeah. Very good. Very good dressing. Right. Very good everything really about him. Right. I mean, him. I
0: don't know. What movie? What year was this? 87? 88? I'm going to have to look it up. I'll look it up. I mean, you could, you could, in hindsight, you could, these people who I thought were very well-dressed. I mean there were some, there, you know, there was some stuff you could have gotten away with in 87 or 88 yeah. that, that would not hold up. Bond looks great.
1: 87.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think they made some, some good decisions as to how James Bond should look in 1987 to hold up.
1: Yeah, it holds up fine.
0: I thought the fake Puskin assassination was a great plot great point. Great plot. Yeah, really. No, was it. the
1: laser in the tire too much? I say yes. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. You know, I mean, this is this is the thing. Why, you know, what, what if it was just a little spinning blade? I mean, yeah, just you know? chop the tires up. Yeah, yeah just, just chop the, the tire. You don't have to just, have a laser. Exactly. Like, just have the just just have the blade come out and chop the tires. Because they, it. no, it, there's you know, it's certain things like if it's Inspector Gadget. Right. I'll I'll believe that he has a laser in his finger because it's a cartoon and he has a helicopter that pops out of his hat. Okay. I'll go along with that. Yeah. But I know I know you can't have a laser in the wheel of a car, so it ruins it for but you know what you could have? You could have a little spinning blade pop out. Yeah. Mangle exactly. up a tire. That would have exactly. been even more exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I will even tell you, watch having watched it with a seven year old boy, that he didn't buy it either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he didn't buy it. That's the I test. say if you've lost a seven-year-old boy with your laser, <laughs> you've lost it. <laughs> it would be so much cooler to have like a blade come out and chop that tire up. Yeah. Uh, I thought Felix Leiter, I love Christian, uh, what's his name on Lost? Christian, love him on yeah, Lost. Yeah. I, I thought he was pretty lame in this movie. Came across like a soap opera actor. Shepard. He totally failed the does Felix Leiter seem cool enough to have his own movie series test. Yeah.
1: This guy, is, he's sort of sitting there. He's got the two... Two girls with them, neither of which are, you want to look at much, right. and he's just sitting in there drinking. Like you imagine, it's cold coffee that maybe somebody almost put a cigarette out in. He's just sort of slurping coffee in the back room with the sort of shaggy hair. Right. It just didn't. I mean, like I like him as an actor. I really you know this him is one dogs. of those
0: things. This is one of those things that these '80s Bond movies do, and they like to they play these sucker punch games with the audience, and they're always so lame. Where Bond gets in the car with the girls. And they take away his gun. They're like, you know, they say like, you know, they point a gun at him and take away his gun. And he doesn't do anything, right? And you're thinking, oh, now the bad guy's have him again. And oh, no, it ends up there the CIA. It's like, it's the same thing with the, same the, thing. With the Hong Kong guy from- oh, Hong Kong Fui? No, remember in The Man with the Golden Gun? Oh, yeah, yeah. They the don't say anything Roger with Moore him. Indeed, it's like, look, you, if Bond had a Bond, he would, he'd wait for the right moment. Uh, it starts snapping break, necks. Start snapping necks. Or exactly. Uh, you'd have to be out of your mind to do that. If you knew who James Bond was, and you're in the CIA, you'd have to be out of your freaking mind to, to do that. That would be the
1: most dangerous assignment you'd ever been given. Whether you even realize why not? It
0: just tell not. him. Just tell him. Hey, we're CIA. It makes no sense. Yeah, flash uh, a just, badge. And right, t- just say. Just tell him felix leiter sent us and that's good enough you tell james bond felix leiter sent you he's getting in the car with you and he's happy right and he's not going to kill you maybe he's <laughs> suspicious maybe he'll be suspicious and think maybe they're full foolish maybe they're lying to me you know but he'll get in the car and he's not going to kill you uh it's just a, a lame attempt to sucker punch the audience Man, to think he's been kidnapped by the bad guy
1: and anybody who's seen a bond movie in the last five to ten years before this is already knows what's going to happen it was right. weak very weak
0: Right. Bond, then Bond, this is a part that I thought was really well handled. This is a part, now there I just complained about them doing the type of thing that from the, the Bond repertoire of, of screenwriting tricks that I don't like. I thought this next part was good though. Bond gets back in the hotel room with Kara and she has martinis ready for him. Number one, I believe the martini she made for him was for, was for crap. Because when she shook it, you could tell it was all water. Yeah, it was all watered you know, down, yeah, ice like all melted. Like, you can't mix the martini and let it sit in there with the ice and wait for him to come in. You got to start with fresh ice. I mean, although I give them credit for the fact that at least it sounded like a martini. You know, she had it there waiting in the mixer, and it did sound like a martini that was in there waiting in the mixer. Uh, but that's not going to be a good martini. Uh, but he downs it. He just takes it. He just, you know, he pretty much just takes it down in one gulp. Uh, I guess it was what, drugged vodka?
1: Yeah, it had, uh, I forget what, uh, some right. kind but of it was drug vodka. But it was drugged vodka. She was
0: okay because she only, had only taken a sip, but All he right. went down for the count because he just, he, he, he doused that yeah. thing. So here's the point. And I have a note written because I'd forgotten what happens. My note was, why not just kill him? And I thought they had a really good answer. For The why did the bad guys just take him and uh. not kill him? Their answer was they wanted to turn him into the uh to the Russians because the what's his name, K- K- Karakov? What was his name, Krakow? Oh, Krakov Koskov, Koskov, uh, wanted to stay in good grace. He wasn't actually defecting, he wasn't leaving, he was crooked, he was robbing the state. For his own, but he wanted to stay in good graces, and by turning over James Bond to them, he would. It made total sense that he would actually want to turn over James Bond, the guy who had done these things and had killed Pushkin. Turn him over to the Russians and let them interrogate him. I thought it was the rare good answer to the uh, why take him into custody as opposed to. uh,
1: just to just show him some elaborate uh, plot and
0: how it's going yeah. to work and but then it really falls apart. Yeah. I thought the whole thing in Afghanistan. Like the way he breaks out from jail, it, it seemed like an episode of the Andy Griffith show. You know, it's it's yeah. like I expected Don Knotts to be the, the jailkeeper. I mean really, really silly. It was bad. Right. It was bad. All you had to do is get him locked up in there and let the guard go away and let him use that key ring uh, uh Key ring uh, explosive device after they leave the room. Doing yeah. it with them in there it was all. Uh, why, why would he do it? Why would he do it when they were in there? Why not wait till they leave and then blow the lock on the thing? I don't know. You know, it just uh, didn't work for me either. Tie game, bottom of the ninth, man on second for the Yankees. And, and now who, he'd sit, sat out the day. Alex Rodriguez is coming up to the plate as a pinch hitter. You want to go? Well, no, I don't think you have to go. I think we know how this is going to turn out. Like Alex Rodriguez, it's a sure thing. Yankees are going to win the game on this ad, bat just telling you. All right. I thought the Afghan freedom fighters, I thought this was interesting in historical hindsight, how they were the good guys. Right. Right. I remember this as a kid that we, you know, it's the, the thing that a lot of people have complained about that we armed these guys to fight the Russians in the 80s, and they're the exact same guys that we now call the, the Taliban and that we've been fighting our own war against. Right. Yeah. Uh, Somehow knowing, oh, they're just going to walk him. They're walking Alex Rodriguez. I would. Meow. I have to. Meow. Anyway, I. How about this? How about knowing what we know now about the Taliban? How about the way that they treat Kara? Yeah. The respect that they give her, and the way she, you know, doesn't have to cover up or anything like that. Just walks around like that. They treat her as their peer. Right. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, historically, it doesn't really, doesn't really add up to well. No, not very well. And Unre- I just thought unrealistic. Unrealistic. I, I, there just wasn't much good to say about and the And then, then
1: the rest of it, we don't even need to talk about it. It's all just messing around. People thing with the Jeep flying out, you know,
0: drive inside, inside. But why does Bond leave the plane door open? He opened The whole it. thing turns out differently if he just shuts that door. Oh, if he just ba- shut it, yeah. Well, he's walking out but he,
1: when and he, he decides- takes his mask off. He takes his wrap off his face. But why and they recognize him?
0: Why would he leave the door open?
1: Oh, I don't know. God, the guy gets in and he opens the back. the the jeep comes out. It lands. That's a prepod- The parachute on it. The scene. The scene where he's struggling with uh, Dolph Lundgren Jr. was not not too bad. I mean, it was a little. You know, my favorite part of that is where he punches up through the net.
0: Yeah, that was that good. Was good. That was, the, how they got there, there's a lot of problems. That was actually pretty good, though, i yeah. actually say. Two guys hanging onto a back of a net on the back of a plane having a fist fight. That's pretty good. Was pretty That's pretty good. That's a pretty good scenario. That was, that was good. I like that. Almost redeemed it. G- and genius. I, I kind of like how it felt like the end of the movie once they blew up the, or, you know, got off the plane and blew up all the dope. And, yeah. It felt uh, like the end. But it wasn't the end. No. Right? You had to go for Whitaker. And then I feel like they came up with a better ending, like that whole cockamamie stunt scene at the airport in Afghanistan. At least that's not where the movie actually ended.
1: Yeah, but here's something that seemed a little bit weak to me is that uh, – who, who is the guy, the crooked, uh, the crooked American general type? Dude? Whitaker. Whitaker, OK. Played by Joe Don Baker. Great actor. All right. Uh, he hits a button. A little drawer pops out and com- just completely incapacitates James Bond.
0: Right, by giving him like a little knock in the knees or whatever.
1: You know, like I've, I've, you know, your shins are sensitive areas. But right. this, it just, com- he's completely just surprised by this and taken off guard, and it, right, and it just you know, he's rolling around on the ground, and you know, for me, this felt a little bit like. Uh, why would you have mount- a
0: button on one side that opens a drawer? Or I guess others, it was on a remote. Control. It was on a remote, but just, yeah, But why would you have a drawer that opens up in, in a way that would break your shins?
1: As a far as far as furniture designers go, I'm not I'm not sure why you would want that much force and speed in a drawer you opening up. Presumably,
0: most times when you open a drawer, it's when you're in front in of in front
1: drawer. of the thing. And now right. you know that if you're if you're you know six inches too close to the drawer when it opens that you're going down for the count. Yeah.
0: That sounds wasn't, a good that, risk. even that was it. It wasn't a good ending, but at least it was better than the Afghanistan. Wow. Good movie though overall. Overall, still a very
1: good movie. I feel yeah. like now I hear I have again I have no memory of this next one, which is the License to Kill. I believe it's a bad movie. That's everything I've heard. Right,
0: and it it, it, it almost it almost brought. I think I, I think it and it, it I think it might be then the longest gap between movies before the Pierce Brosnan one, um, because I think the Broccoli's the the, the production company got in financial trouble, and I think maybe they got in financial trouble even before this one. Uh, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I've got.
1: Unfortunately, this movie is. Uh, you know, you've it's not available in iTunes. Oh, so you're going to have to buy this movie or get it, I believe, from Netflix by getting the DVD or go right. to a blockbuster or something right. like that. But it is on Blu-ray. It is on Blu-ray. It's available but on but DVD. But we're warning you that it might be bad. So maybe try to rent it. That's uh, a shame. It is a shame. And, and I, it, it we've is. we've got to do it. I found on Amazon there was only one left in stock. And later when I went back to link it, I think it, had, it sold. Yeah. But you can get like the special edition of this movie for like six something,
0: six yeah. bucks. So, so six bucks, there you go. Yeah, that's DVD. That was the
1: DVD first. Yeah,
0: I, I, honestly, I like buying. If I'm going to buy something, I like to buy it on Blu-ray. But I, I think for this movie, even if you're picky, I think it's it's probably a DVD and just upscale it and it's good enough because I, I think this movie's got some some problems. Maybe. And I do think maybe it's not. Maybe I, I this movie was better than I remembered it. Living the, the Living Daylights. Maybe this one will be too. But I do have to say, just based on Living Daylights alone, it's a damn shame that, that Timothy Dalton didn't get more, more movies in the role.
1: Yeah, I mean, just based on his performance in this movie, I feel like he could have done a, a nice run.
0: All right. He had a really nice take on Bond, and he seemed very comfortable. It was a good Bond, and, and he was Bond. Right. He was Bond. That it? I think so. I think that's it.
1: We'll see you again next
0: week. All right. Base is loaded. One out. Good luck. See you, Dan.